Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear, the host of Refuge Freedom Stories. Today, I'm here with Tammy Ward. So, Tammy, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. Thanks, good. Dave. Uh, kind of feels like we're playing uh, school or something when we, when we do interviews sometimes, you know, or pretending, but we're actually just having a, a discussion about you and your life and, you know, where, where you came from mm-hmm. and uh, where you are today. You're here working at the Ark today mm-hmm. and um, you're a recovered addict. Right. And you've had all kinds of experiences. Uh, are you a Christian? Yes, yes, I'm a Christian. All right. That's a good place to start. How did that all come down for you? Well, I grew up in uh, like public housing, and my, my household was very dysfunctional. There was a lot of abuse, neglect. My mother was an alcoholic. She had alcoholic boyfriends. Her first boyfriend was very abusive towards her, and then she uh, ended the relationship, I guess, when we were about four. So I witnessed her like being abused at a very young age. And then she moved in a next guy pretty much <laughs> the, yeah. sa- the same day. And, yeah. you know, he, he was better than the man that was beating her. So, you know, I thought things were going to change and get better. But he ended up giving me uh, drugs and alcohol at a very young age, the age of 12. It began with things like, you know, alcohol, weed hash, those sorts of things. That's where my addiction began. Mm-hmm. Um, I suffered a lot of trauma at a very young age, sexual abuse by family members and friends of the family. The first time it happened, I, I remember telling my mom, you know, what had happened, but they, they kind of just swept it under the rug and had the same people babysitting me and continuing wow. to abuse me. And, you know, that made me believe that, you know, I deserved what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 12, yeah, my addiction began and it quickly developed into using harder drugs. Um, mm-hmm. My stepfather would use me to inject him and his, um, his friends. Wow. Injects drugs into them. What so, type of drugs? Uh, cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah. yeah, mostly cocaine. And so I had a child. Um, I had a child at the age of 17. Four months later, my mom passed away of cancer, mm-hmm. and you know it left a giant hole in my heart. So I kind of just followed in my stepfather's footsteps and began injecting drugs, smoking drugs. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You're making yourself very vulnerable, and I appreciate it. Yeah. So I lost custody of my son because of my drug use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to get help. I was in and out of rehab 14 times. I was in mental institutions for trying to commit suicide. Mm. You know, I went on to methadone, and I tried to see psychiatrists and try to figure out what was wrong with me. But uh, the methadone was to quit. The, for those that don't know, was to get off of the drugs, right? A methadone yeah. program. Okay. Yeah. But and tried to get to see some doctors and things. But how, yeah. how did that work? It wasn't working for me. My life just kept spiraling out of control. I, you know, I kept getting into bad relationships mm-hmm. and. Eventually, I just pushed away anyone that was in my life that cared about me or wanted to see me uh, succeed. And Better, yes. Yeah, so if you didn't have drugs or means of getting me more drugs, I, you know, you wouldn't be seeing me, you know. Yeah. That became my life. The people I surrounded myself with, you know, were mm-hmm. on the same destructive path that I was on. 
Yes. So in my early, I guess it was my early 30s, I, I met a man. He knew I was vulnerable. He took advantage of me, and I began selling drugs for him. Okay. I think within a year of meeting this man, I was arrested for the first time for selling drugs. Mm -hmm. So the police had kicked in my door, and I ended up getting uh, a one-year sentence in prison. Yes. So while I was inside prison, I, you know, I didn't know who God was. I remember when I was younger, you know, in all of my pain and stuff from the age of 12, I remember, you know, wanting to like commit suicide, but just being in a very lonely, lonely place. There was a, some Christians in my community when I was a kid that used to come and pick us up, you know, to take us to church. And I remember always, you know, wanting to know who Jesus was, this Jesus that they talked about, but, you know, I didn't think that he could he could actually love a person like me. I was carrying so much shame from my mm -hmm. past, you know. So when I went inside for the first time for the one-year sentence, I just remember trying to do Bible studies, mm -hmm. you know, so I could know who, who this guy Jesus was Yeah. more. So I was doing like this manga Bible study, which was like kind of like a comic book, but uh, yep. you know, the devil was still beating me in my mind mm -hmm. and the drugs were, you know, the thought of using and the cravings were still there constantly. But I remember it being a very, very lonely time for me um, that year. You know, I didn't have any family member or anyone come in to visit me. I remember walking around my range and when I was in, you know, in my bunk crying because I, you know, I, I missed my, my children so much that I just kept praying. I just kept praying, please take away the urge for me to want to use drugs constantly over and over and over. And it didn't happen for me right away. When I got out the first day, I was using again. Within two weeks, I began selling again. One year later, I got arrested again. Cops had kicked in my door again. Wow. They let me out on bail. And uh, I continued to sell drugs. I was on house arrest, so I went on the run. I was on the run for about six months, and I realized my life was out of control. I was in this relationship with a man who was, you know, just crushing my spirit. And I was pretty much at the end of my rope when the day I got arrested, which I like to refer to as my rescue so it is your rescue yeah yes. so when I was hiding from the police and running and I remember knowing in my heart that this time I knew I wasn't getting out of jail anytime soon you know because mm -hmm. I had I had collected a you know numerous amount of charges and I knew that I was going to search and I was going to seek and I was going to find out who this God was and, you know, what, what, what our purpose was, mm -hmm. you know, for, for being here on earth. So I went in and they wanted to give me a 10-year sentence. Mm -hmm. By God's grace, I got five years. Yes. And I started to actually read the Quran at first. The Quran, yeah. And then I picked up the Bible mm -hmm. and I was fasting for Ramadan mm -hmm. when God came. And, you know, I had just realized how broken my life was, how broken I was. You know, I had, I had, uh, my mental health was a mess. My relationships with my family and my children, they were just stripped away from me. My physical health was a mess. I had hepatitis C from uh, injecting drugs. Mm -hmm. I couldn't leave this man. He had complete control over me. Wow. So I, I just started praying and um, I so was- you, sorry, So you were in for that a federal institution at the I, time. I was still in provincial wa waiting oh, in provincial. to get my court okay, date. Waiting to get and God came to me and he literally, I was still selling drugs mm -hmm. inside of the prison and uh, God came to me and he delivered me wow. from, my, from my addiction. And 
at the moment when I, when I fell, there was like a power come over me. I, I took the drugs that I had. I went, I flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> I then immediately began to buy back all of the drugs that I was selling to the women there. Buy them there. back from the people you'd sold yeah, them to. Yeah, pretending yeah. that I wanted them mm -hmm. to, to use and uh, going and flushing those drugs to you. Wow. And just after that, it was just, um, I, I just found a love for, for the Bible, for God's word. I tried, you know, little by little, I tried doing the things in there, you know, mm -hmm. and I started to notice the change, you know, the things that God said, you know, you don't use his name in vain, you don't lie, you don't mm -hmm. steal, and I, you know, sometimes it would fall, but I, but I just kept, kept on trying and kept on trying. And, so uh, there's a lot of change happening with you as you're yeah. kind of investigating you were finding this stuff out by reading the Bible? Reading the Bible, and I had a strong Christian woman that was in there. And ah. she used to take me in the corner with all the chaos going on and, and try and, you know, teach me some yes. of the, the things that were in there. And there's a lot of chaos going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For, those For sure. Know. Yeah. Lots to deal with. It's a, it's a very different life in there. Yeah. Yep. So in the midst of all that, this woman took the time to... Yeah to spend with you and then God was revealing himself to you. Right. I had literally lost the ability to trust anyone, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I was so broken and, and God really used these women <clears throat> to speak into my life. I remember like working through the steps and being so afraid to, to, to give my, um, you know, when you're making your amends, to mm -hmm. confess everything that I had done because there was so much and this woman, she was my first sponsor. I just prayed. I was just going to talk to her for my hour of counseling, and I said, "God, just just give me this. Give me the strength. Give me the courage to just just be real, you know." Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, everything came out, and I was bawling my eyes out, and I was mm -hmm. I couldn't even look at her in the face, and I just said, "You know, I had done this and this and this and this, and just you know, I had written everything on a list, but it just came out. It came from my heart." And this lady came over, and she gave me a hug. And she kissed me on the cheek, you know, and at that moment it was like, I felt that's exactly what Jesus would have done, you know. The importance of supporting people that are new, you know, new in their journey and stuff like that. The importance of, of, of their, their roles in my life. Like, it just made a tremendous impact on me, you know. Mm -hmm. That after I, I was able to say all these things to this lady... And she kissed me on the cheek like that and still loved me. Yeah. It encouraged me so much, you know, it really encouraged me so much. You were saying about what they had told you about being a heroin addict? Yeah, I was uh, in the newspaper. They had labeled me as a, a heroin addict who was, um, who was heading for a, an early grave. You know, one of the postings said, Guelph woman just won't stop selling drugs. Wow. You know, and I was so embarrassed when I saw the things that they wrote in there because they had talked about the stuff that happened to me in my childhood. And I remember being so embarrassed. And that Christian lady that was, was inside with me, teaching me the Bible, yeah. and she said to me, one day this will all be part of your testimony. And I wow. couldn't see it, you know? Yeah. I couldn't see it because I would just was carrying so much shame, you know? Yeah. Part of it would make you feel like, how is this ever going to be? Oh, for sure. You know, but at the same time, maybe create the desire for that to happen. Yeah. What did it look like from there? Well, the big, the big piece that I remember, I was praying and I was reading a Christian, one of the Christian books that were inside the prison. Mm -hmm. And, the, and, the, and the, the author of the book I could really relate with because she had also been abused mm -hmm. by, by her father. Okay. And in the, in the story in there, it, it touched my heart. And I remember 
praying at the back, the commitment prayer. Yes. And that and that night, Jesus came to me when I, I was sleeping. I felt I felt the Lord wake me up. Wow. And you know, I I had so much anger towards my family that had abused me. Oh, I yes. couldn't let it go. It was just so much anger. I felt the Lord like supernaturally lift something off of my heart, just enough so that He could get inside there. Yeah. And, and work a little bit. From there, it was just like a growing relationship with the Lord. I ended up getting sentenced. I got um, I got moved to Grand Valley Institute, mm -hmm. which for me was rehabilitation. You know, they said that the help was here mm -hmm. if you want it. And it was like God just walked with me through every step. So I, I started to see a psychologist to mm -hmm. try and deal with the trauma of my childhood, like just with my stepfather. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, that was really painful. But God was just so close to me. And, um, and then I, I started a, a group called Celebrate Recovery Inside. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was able to work through the steps and let go of uh, some of, you know, some more of the anger and um, find some healing for the mistakes that I had made in my past. And, uh, you know, the women in there, they, they just came alongside me. And uh, I had a really special friend in there who, who mentored me, loved me. Mm -hmm. And even when I got out of the prison, she, she was there for me. I remember her talking with me for hours on the phone, you know, yeah. hours on the phone when I was inside. And then she began coming in and visiting me. And uh, when I came out, um, you know, she came and picked me up from the prison, took me to the halfway house. And she just included me into her family wow. and loved on me and was, a, was like a mother for me. And I know mm -hmm. God really used her to heal that, that part of my heart, you know, because I, di I didn't get that from my mother growing up. So, yes. yeah, I just started to do, I, I started going to church regularly. I uh, started to lead a Bible study. I led some other 12-step groups. And it was really amazing because some of the women that I was selling drugs to when I was on the street. Now I was, I was bringing them to the Lord, wow. you know? So, uh, yeah, I just started to work every program, mm -hmm. did more counseling. I ended up getting released. Um, you know, I, I went on a little tour speaking at different churches, giving my testimony. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And it's, so it's been a, been a journey. It has been a journey. But it's been uphill. Yeah. And I'm sure, like myself, like all of us, we still have struggles, but uh, mm -hmm. in life, life isn't easy, right? But it, would you say that it helps a lot, to, uh, makes that difference to know God and have oh, that for help? Sure. Well, he, you know, in his word, it says that he will give us, you know, beauty for ashes. And, and you know, that is what, what God is doing in my life. And mm -hmm. um, he is the God of restoration. You know, he's you know, he's restored my, my mental health. He's, um, he's restored my relationships with my family and my children, you know, to the best of the ability because mm -hmm. not everyone's changing. He's healed me from hepatitis C. You know, I've, I've went to college and graduated and became an addiction worker. He's brought me to the ark. Wow. And, um, you know, I get to speak into people's lives every day here, you know, and... Uh, I feel like I have an understanding, I have a compassion that, you know, maybe some others don't have because I've walked, I've walked in their shoes, you know? Yes. Well, definitely. Um, God, well, always, God uses the people that in our society they most probably wouldn't suspect that, that would be able to work mm -hmm. in social work, especially with record and things like that. But there's no better person, you know, to 
help somebody that than somebody who's been through something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and you know he sees he sees who we were, he sees yes. who we are, and he sees who who we will become. So. Mm-hmm. So you're now at the ark, and what mm-hmm. do you what do you do here? You know, I help out with serving. I help mm-hmm. out with advocacy. I, you know, I get to do outreach work. I. Mm-hmm. I get to spend time on Sundays connecting with people. Connecting with people on Sundays. Yeah, they have like a Sunday connect. And, okay. You know, I've I've gotten many opportunities to give my testimony. Mm-hmm. For somebody that's listening today, you could say something to them that would make a difference to them. Something that made a difference to you. Yeah. I heard once that uh, an expression of what would you say to yourself yeah. if you could go back in time. And, and speak to yourself when you were in the midst of everything. Yeah, I, I had an opportunity yesterday actually with a, with a gentleman that's a, he, he's, a, he's a regular here at the Ark. He was using drugs and he had, I think I could sense that he, he had used more than the normal amount. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was pretty amped up, you know, and I just took, took the time to like, talk to him for a minute and he opened up to me you know and I just asked him you know like you know what what drugs are you using right now and he opened up to me and told me and I said you know I'm I'm asking you because you know I'm concerned for you and I just want you to know that you know your your life has value and that God loves you you know and uh I think it was just uh, something that he needed to hear in that moment you know and hearing it from somebody that's it's authentic coming from you People can tell the difference, whether someone's just yapping at them or whether they mean what they're saying, you know? Yeah, if you could leave a message with somebody, what would you say? To somebody who's still struggling yes. in addiction? Yeah. I tried to rehab 14 times in and out of wow. jail, you know, uh, psychiatrist, you know, medication, all of it. And mm. the only thing that worked for me was, was God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is hope that God hears them when they're praying, even if they think that they're forgotten, mm-hmm. you know, that, that God is still surrounding them and that there is hope, you know? Yeah. And, and some people feel like they're, they're worthless, you know, or that God couldn't forgive them because of the things they've done. But that certainly isn't true. Mm-hmm. Well, he loved me when I was at my worst, so. Yes. And, and you, you telling people that makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you go out and talk to people outside as well and come alongside them and ask them about their day and their needs and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that, which is pretty incredible. I, I kind of listened in a few times, <laughs> but uh, not to snoop on you, but just to see what's going on. But I, I just see that people are receptive to you because of your heart. That speaks louder than our words, you know. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a sign language, I guess, or something. It's like a, a body language. It's something you can pick up from someone, a spirit, right? Do you have plans from here, or are you just taking one day at a time? I'm just here, seeing where, what God has for me to do yeah. next, you know. Yeah. You know, just here, feather in his hand. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate you coming and talking. And it is, like you said, it's hard sometimes to talk about our past mm-hmm. because that carried with it a whole a lot of guilt and shame and things that people tried to put on us. And yet you're, you've, you've experienced liberty from that through Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like ripped off the shame. So 
have a boldness to just to speak and to give God mm-hmm. the glory because he's ripped off that chain, you know? Yes, that's fantastic. Sense. I love that about you. I can sense it. <laughs> You're awesome. And, and, you know, God's raising people up right now, to, especially during COVID with everything that's happening. And there's so many people are, are sensing a, a sense of loss, a sense of hopelessness and for the future and, not, and fear, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, God certainly helps us with fear. Just appreciate you. And I just want to say thank you for who you are and what you're doing. Thanks, Dave. No problem. For anyone who's doubting Your back's against the wall Prayed a thousand prayers You don't think he's heard at all The pressure's unrelenting Time's running out on you There's good news There's good news For anyone who's hurting wants to run and hide questions and regrets eat you up inside you tried to escape it but it's a mess you can't undo there's good news there's good news Darkest that's good news For anyone who's praying A miracle will come Open against hope God is not yet done Just stand again, believer If you're breathing, he's not through There's good news Oh, there's good news Even through the valley of the shadow
enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That number again is 519 Seven zero one zero one zero eight. God bless you.